someone who truly lived up to his name. Have you ever heard a situation where uh, there was some uh, big deal that was supposed to take place and, and somebody says, or maybe that certain celebrity or whatever, they're supposed to show up or do a concert or something and they, somebody says, boy, they sure didn't live up to their name. I mean, that was, a, that was a dud. Well, I'll tell you what. There is somebody who lived up to his name that more than just lived up to his name because we can't even grasp it all. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not a Scrooge, and I'm not against giving gifts and so forth to one another, but always, always, always let us bring it back to our Savior. Uh, I am amazed that people today want to celebrate Christmas but don't want to include Jesus. (laughs) Wait, okay? We are supposed to be celebrating his birth. We should be excited about what came into the world that day. Uh, So many of our radio stations, you know, 24 hours a day, Christian, uh, not Christian, Christmas music, quote unquote. They ought to call it winter music instead. Uh, because so much of it has to do with snowmen and sleigh bells and, and all these things, the winter wonderland, and, 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 and that's all fine. And some of those songs are really sweet songs and nice songs, but let's remember, it's about Jesus. We would not have any of this stuff were it not for God sending his son into the world. That's really what it's all about. And so Let's just really keep that in mind. Now, in biblical times, many people named their children with names that were incredibly significant to the parents, very meaningful, or they were told to what, to, uh, what they wanted, uh, what God wanted that child to be named, uh, such as the, uh, uh, John, uh, John the Baptist, or the baptizer. Uh, he was told You know, his dad was told what to name him. You have people like Jacob, which means a supplanter, okay? Jacob was a schemer, and he lived up to his name in that regard. Isaac, the the name Isaac means laughter. Why did they name him that? Well, because when they heard that they were going to have that child, uh, there was laugh, they laughed at it. And uh, Sarah, Sarah laughed and and uh, say, well, okay, we're going to name him Laughter because you laughed. No, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did laugh. You know, that's in the text. Isn't that a great passage, by the way? I love that. You see, a major truth we see when you study the birth of our Savior is the amount of times his name is brought up and emphasized. God wants us to pay attention to that. It is a big deal with God. It was not an accident. He was named Jesus, okay? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost, not Joseph, not Joseph. Jesus had to be virgin born. Okay, if he, was, if he was conceived like everybody else in history has been conceived, he would have been a sinner. If he was a sinner, he couldn't be a savior because he'd have his own sins to deal with. So God had to have a plan, and God had a plan in eternity, the Bible tells us, in eternity. 
and this one would be born. Verse 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, uh, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Here we go. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Doesn't stop there. For, or because... He shall save his people from their sins. Now, while there were um, other men named Jesus, by the way, in the day of Jesus, it was not an uncommon name. He was the only one who could ever live up to the name. Okay? Well, now, what do I mean by that? Well, we're going to break this down today, and I, and I hope you're, you'll use your little study sheet that I gave you and, and uh, fill in the spaces on this. Let's first of all look at the meaning of his name. The meaning of his name, Jesus, literally means Jehovah is salvation, or God is our Savior, okay? Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation, or God is is our Savior. Hold your place here in Matthew. We will be back, but look with me over to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, in verse 31, it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Jump down to verse 20, or chapter 2, verse 21. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. All right? Jesus, Jehovah is salvation, or God our Savior. The meaning of his, na- his name, this is what it means, all right? So let me break that down as well. Let's notice some things about Jesus. In case... Friend, now listen, I know most of you probably know what I'm telling you this morning, but there may be some who don't. These days and times, we don't take anything for granted, all right? The first thing I want you to understand is this about Jesus. He is truly God himself. He is God himself. You notice I didn't say he was God? (laughs) Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is God Himself. No one less. He lived up to His name, God our Savior, or Jehovah is salvation. Yet he didn't look like a supernatural being when he came. All right, now I know you'll see some family Bible sometimes or some art, and and what they do is they'll show uh, their rendition of Jesus, and he's got this glowing yellow Frisbee around his head. All right, listen, he did not wear a glowing yellow Frisbee around his head. He didn't put that on before he went out that day to do carpentry work with his dad okay, or with with Joseph, Um, didn't wear it, didn't have it. As a matter of fact, maybe that was part of the problem because people saw him and he looked no different than anyone else, okay? 
Do we understand? If you looked into his eyes, his eyes didn't dance with crosses or anything like that. He was, he was God in the flesh, but he was man, okay? Fully God, perfect man. Fully God, perfect man. Not fully man. That would include the sin nature. Fully God, perfect man, okay? He lived up to his name, yet he didn't look like a supernatural being. I don't even remember what it was, but in thinking this week about it, I I thought back when I was a child, and I can remember uh, I saw something advertised on a cereal box. Did anybody ever send away for anything advertised on a cereal box? Okay, some of you did. Some of you did. You got ripped off too, huh? (laughs) Anyways... I saw this thing on there, and I thought, oh, I got to have it. I got to have it. I was just a little guy, probably seven or eight years old. But my mom being in tune and not wanting to say no to everything, and she didn't. She was a great mom. But she, okay, we'll mail off for that. And so, you know, I filled it out, and I, I did whatever I needed to do. And I was going to get this thing. I was so excited about it. And so, of course, you know, you mail it, and you're expecting it to come the next day. doesn't happen that way. As a matter of fact, it almost seemed like some 2,000 years before. (laughs) But anyways, um, waited, waited, waited. Finally, the package came, and I opened it up. And when I looked at it, it was so small compared to the way it looked in the picture. I was really disappointed. Let me tell you something. The one the Father sent, will never disappoint. Okay? As a matter of fact, he's more than we can ever imagine. Jesus didn't look at all like what people expected. All right? Most people at the time didn't think the Messiah would come as a suffering servant who had to die. They looked for someone to deliver them from Rome. They looked for a powerful king. Maybe they were looking for someone like Saul, as an example. Tall, strong, and handsome kind of guy. Jesus was not that way. He looked like everyone else, but he was much better than that in who he was. Okay? Back to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Who is he? He is truly the meaning of his name. Again, Jesus, Jehovah is salvation. He is truly God himself. Matthew 1 verse 16, it says, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Okay? Or who is called Christ. What does that mean? The word Christ means the Messiah. So he is God, our Savior, the Messiah. This is the meaning of his name. Now, I know a lot of you know this, but Christ was not the last name of Jesus. Okay? It is a title of who he is. He is the promised Messiah. He is the anointed one. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which we sang this morning, which being interpreted is God with us. 
What an emphasis we see in Scripture. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. God our Savior. Emmanuel, God with us. And by the way, where it says here in verse uh, 22, spoken by spoken of the Lord by the prophet. It's referring to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, written some 600 years before Jesus ever came into the human race. You know, people say, why do you believe the Bible's the word of God? Prophecy is one major reason. Prophecy, history written in advance. That's how God sees it. Verse 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not uh, till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. No getting around it who he was. No getting around it what the name meant. See, but, but a lot of people didn't get it. Why? Well, there were other Jesuses running around, but nobody could live up to the name except him. Along with this, he is not only God, but he is, as we've seen, truly he is our Savior. We see that in verse 21. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. No one else could be the Savior but him. Because he is God, he is sinless. Because he is sinless, He can qualify to be our substitute and die in our place. Folks, if we didn't have a sinless Savior, there is no Savior. You know, I was thinking this week, one of the greatest truths of Christmas, uh, it it just impressed my mind the last few days. One of the great benefits is there's hope. We would live in a hopeless world if Jesus had not come. There would be no hope. There would be no joy. If there was any quote-unquote joy, it would all be created through imagination and not through reality. Because remember, God did not have to send a Savior. He chose to send a Savior. It was an act of the grace and the mercy of God that he gave us a plan of salvation. He could have left it at Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and death passed upon all men and all of sin and therefore every man, woman, and child ever conceived will end up forever separated from God in hell. God could have done that, but he didn't do that. Before man ever sinned, he already had the plan of salvation planned out. You might say, how can that be? The book of Revelation said the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. Isn't that a mind-boggling truth? Secondly, we we not only see the the meaning of his name, we see, secondly, we see the, the mission of his name. Verse 21, he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus did not come just to be an example, although he was. Jesus did not come just to do miracles, although he did. Jesus did not come just to be nice and heal people, although he did that. His purpose was what we see in verse 21. He shall save 
his people from their sins. And of course, that is what his name is all about. Let me show you an amazing scripture. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. I want you to uh, hold your place here. Hebrews chapter 10. And this is a quote from the Old Testament, but we find it here in Hebrews 10. And in the context of Hebrews 10, it's sort of like, okay, we see the fulfillment of the Old Testament quote here. You know, it's not every day that God lets us in on the conversations between the Father and the Son. Think about that. Hebrews 10, verse 5, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world... By the way, Merry Christmas, there it is. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldst not, but a body hast thou prepared for me, or prepared me. This is the Son talking to the Father about his mission. His mission. All right? What a statement that is. We see the conversation the son had with the father concerning his life mission. Jesus said, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. By the way, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. How many of us are lost? All of us. So who did he come to seek and to save? All of us. So if you happen to be a Calvinist, you need to forsake that. Okay? It, 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 it may make us feel good intellectually, but it doesn't hold water scripturally. The Bible is very clear. God is no respecter of persons. All right? So we see the mission of his, his name. Jesus came because we needed a Savior, and that's why he did what he did. God did what he did. 1 John 4, 14, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. He sent the Son I wonder how that was. I wonder what the conversation was like. Part of it might have been there in Hebrews 10, verse 5. Not only that, Jesus came because we could not save ourselves. Folks, get this down, okay? You may may believe, and, and you may be totally sincere, and you may be a very nice person, humanly speaking, okay? But dear friend, your good works are of no value when it comes to getting to heaven. They're of no value, okay? Now, you can do good things. You could be a a bell ringer this Christmas season, okay? I don't know. Only God knows the hearts, okay? I hope none of those people, though, are ringing that bell thinking, this is going to help me get to heaven one day. It will not Being nice to people will not get you to heaven. Baking cookies for people will not get you to heaven. You can bake some for me, but it will not get you to... (laughs) It's good, but on on my standard, not God's, okay? Good works will not save you. Going to church, we're glad you're here today. Lots of visitors. Going to church, though, won't save you. Giving money will not save you. Trying to keep the commandments will not save you. Trying to reform your life and be a better person will not save you. Do you get these 
TV commentators and radio commentators that say, well, you know, I love Christmas time because, you know, it brings out the best in people. (laughs) Sometimes it does. Sometimes it brings out the worst in people. One of the news uh, organizations, every Black Friday, they have an article of some place, and I don't know why it's usually at Walmart. (laughs) I'm sure it takes place other places as well. No offense, Kim. But um, where people are beating up each other to get the lowest price. Merry Christmas, right? No, friend. The best we can do is not good enough. That is why the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The scripture says this, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not of works. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly. His faith, see faith is what God's looking for. His faith is counted for righteousness. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of of the law. Think about it. For if Abraham were justified by works, he is aware of the glory, but not before God. Good works may impress us, but the good works of a lost man do not impress God. God says there is filthy rags in his sight. See, we need to be born again. We need a new birth. And the only way is by trusting in Jesus Christ, believing that he is God who will save you from your sins. And that is what it's all about. So Jesus came because we needed a Savior. Jesus came because we, we could not save ourselves. Three, Jesus came because man was and is destroying himself with his sin. That's no surprise to anybody. Man is destroying himself. How many people and how many celebrities this year died of drug or alcohol-related deaths? You need a Savior, okay? Jesus can help you. I was counseling with somebody over the phone the other, the other day. This, this person needs to appropriate the work of Christ and the strength of the Holy Spirit into the life because they need help. They need help. Man is destroying himself with his sin. He needs not only a solution for eternity, and Jesus provides that, but he needs a solution for here and now. And guess what? He provides that too. He's not only the Savior, but for those who have trusted Christ, he's the good shepherd. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will take care of us. He'll provide for us. Everything we need is found in Jesus Christ. Every year at the Benton County Fair, we do fair evangelism, evangelism at the fair. And I know I've mentioned this before, but it's a common saying, and I think we all say it from time to time. You know, we'll say, hey, would you like to take a spiritual viewpoint survey today? And people walk by. Some people just, I, I think they go deaf 10 feet 
before the, the booth and then 10 feet after the booth, then their hearing's okay. Because they go by and they don't even acknowledge you're even standing there. It's like you're an imag- part of the imagination. So they'll just ignore. But some people will come by and here's what they'll say. I'm good. No thanks, I'm good. No thanks, I'm good. You are not good. And neither am I. We need a Savior, okay? If we're left to ourselves, we will wreck everything. It is our nature, okay, to do that. We need a Savior. So what do we see? We see the meaning of His name. We see the mission of His name. Third, though, we see the fulfillment, the fulfillment of His name. And I just love this so much. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah. Go with me over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. By the way, one of the, as you're turning to Luke chapter 2, one of the highlights of our Christmas Eve candlelight service is having our young people read Scripture. I just love that. It's happening tonight, by the way. You've got to come tonight. Special music, special time together. It's just a special service. It's not long. Be here, 4 o'clock tonight. Would you come? Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. I bet they were. Can you imagine? It's just dark. It's peaceful. You know, the crickets are chirping or whatever. Occasionally, there's one of the sheep. You know. How's your condition, sheep? Eh, Things are pretty bad for me. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. But all of a sudden, everything lights up. You know, people are spooked right now because of all the talk about UFOs. You've been reading about that? They say, aliens from other planets. Well, you don't know that. Why? Because it's unidentified. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. The glory of the Lord. Folks, that is bright. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. They needed to hear that. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, here we go again, a Savior. Who is he? Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. See, his name is rich with meaning. See, it wasn't good intentions on God's part, but the fulfillment of the plan of salvation that makes it what it is. This is good news. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again. We we see this. Break it down here. Good tidings of great joy. What does that mean, good tidings of great joy? The word good tidings means good news. And guess what? The root word is the word gospel. I bring you the gospel. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. But not only is it good news of uh, good tidings of great joy, but also it is to all people. Did you see that? 
Do you write in your Bible or highlight? You ought, to, you ought to underline that if you want. You don't have to. To all people. This is why the good news is good news. This is why it is great joy, because it's offered to everyone. Aren't you glad that God didn't pick and choose who he would save, but he made it open to all? How do you get around that verse? Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. If it's not to all people, it's not good news. It doesn't say good tidings of great joy, which shall be to only the ones God handpicks. The special ones, the elect. No, all people. Turn with me over to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Folks, the, 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 the thrill of this, and you know, I was, I was meditating on this concept that we see here in Luke 2.11, or Luke 2.10 and 11. The other day I was thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? Isn't there the joy of sharing the gospel because you know that whoever you meet, it's going to be good news for them. If they'll just hear you out, if they'll just understand what you're saying, it's going to be good news for them. As a matter of fact, you are doing for them more than anyone could ever do for them in their entire life. You are doing the greatest thing you could do for that individual. Oh, I'm not saying temporal needs are not important. They are important. Sometimes that opens the door, gets a person to listen to us. But the point is this, nothing can do what the gospel can do, okay? We are dealing with a person receiving everlasting life from God based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross, who he is and what he did. And in 1 Timothy 2.3, it says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. It's God's will. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Look at verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved? Verse 6, who gave himself a ransom for all. Doesn't that just make sense? If If it's will that all men be saved, then he must have given himself a ransom for all. Otherwise, not all could be saved. To be testified in due time. You already may be a believer. You may have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Friend, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. What a time of the year for us to rejoice. But can I say, if you have never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to put your faith in him today. Jesus, God who is our Savior, Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, God is asking you to believe in his name. As a matter of fact, let's close over in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. You know, I just made a homiletical mistake. Did you know that? You might say, what is a homiletical? Well, it has to do with preaching. You're not supposed to say 
let's close. You're supposed to leave people hanging. Did you know that? So I'm supposed to hang you. First John chapter 5 and verse 13. Give new meaning, new insight in this good old verse. It's one of the ones I believed when I got saved. These things have I written unto you. What things? These truths. Let's, let's broaden this out. What we have studied today. What we've seen today. These things have I written unto you that believe, here it is again, on the name of the Son of God. Look what it says, that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you see that? If you will believe on the name of the Son of God, the name Jesus, God who is our Savior, Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, if you will believe in Him, that He is God who will save you, that He is God who came and paid for your sins and rose from the grave, when you put your faith in Him and not in yourself, but you put your faith in Him and Him alone, because he is the only Savior. He will save you from hell forever. You become a child of God. No wonder the angel said, I've got good news for you and for everybody else. By the way, the shepherds who were not highly educated men in the world's eyes, you know what they did? They responded the way they were supposed to. They left to go tell. Would you today put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Would you do that? And let me say this, if you're already a believer, will you look for opportunities? Hopefully we have been, but will you look for opportunities to share this good news with people? Get them to understand how wonderful it is. Let me tell you something, folks. Most people don't get what we just talked about today. They don't get it. They don't see the significance of it. Because if they did, they'd spend more time on Hark the Herald Angels Sing and less time on Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He either had a cold or something else. Trust Christ if you've never done that. Would you do that? Well, friends, that concludes this edition of Voice of Assurance. Thanks so much for listening. And would you share this ministry with a friend? To contact us or learn more about our ministry, please visit www.northlandchurch.com. Your prayers and support for this ministry are greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, and God bless you.